everybody, this is James. And Marco. And Nabil. And this is the Movie Pals Podcast, podcast number 134. Today, um, just like we talked about last week, we are joined again by Michael Parkham, our guest, our uh, kind of our resident guest, actually. You want to think about it? A.K.A. Marathon Mikey. Yeah, Marathon Mikey, because he's, like I said, when you want the best, you call in the best. So, <clears throat> Mikey, thank you once again for joining us today. Thanks Feel- for having me. <laughs> it's like Mikey was like, he's like, I want to say. It wasn't unmuting, sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. That's fine. No, thanks for uh, joining us regardless. Uh, I know these have been a, it's been quite a journey here to get through all these uh, movies. And uh, without even saying what we're doing here, we are going to be finishing up the J.R. Tolkien saga with the Lord of the Rings Extended Cut Trilogy. Uh, Podcast 133, we had done the Hobbit Extended Cut Trilogy, so now we are coming full circle here, boys. So without further ado, let's get into the Lord of the Rings Extended Cut Trilogy. I do want to start here, guys, just real quick as an intro before we jump into The Fellowship of the Ring, just to kind of go through like I did last time, ask you guys about your thoughts and what you guys were kind of feeling leading into this film uh, trilogy, extended cut trilogy. So I want to start with you, Marco, because I know you told me that this is your first time actually, actually um, watching the extended cuts of the original trilogy. I'm a virgin, yes. Wow. I didn't know. I, I always assumed you'd seen these extended cuts, man. So, uh, what what were your initial thoughts of watching these and getting to these? Were you were you excited for these? It was good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my first time seeing seeing these, and um, I did actually try to watch them once oh, on okay. DVD a long time ago. Yeah, and, that must uh, have been back was, right when they were probably coming out. Then I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I uh, I drank too much. So uh, it didn't really go that well, and um, I'm not shocked by this story it, at all. Yeah, <laughs> most of the times when I don't finish a movie, it's probably because I drank too much, and um, that sounds really bad. It's on Friday nights, right, guys? Yeah, we're all like, okay. he- <laughs> it was a Tuesday that <laughs> like night. Though, nervous Marco. smile on the bill. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I uh, I never tried it after that. Not because I didn't want to, but I just never thought to really put the time into. You know, these four hour long movies. But then, you know, as I grew wiser and older, I uh, started to watch movies that are three, three and a half, four hours long. I'm like, you know what? I could probably do this. So, yeah. Um, yeah, the Snyder Cut's got you. All it's. Set up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hands down. So um, <laughs> I'd say it was definitely a uh, pleasant experience this time around. We'll jump. We'll jump to a how you thought about it at the so, end there. So um, going yeah. to you, Mikey. Just as our guest here, I know you've seen these before. It's been a while as well. Uh, what were your uh, initial thoughts uh, jumping into this? Uh, I was actually pretty excited to like come back and watch them. Uh, it's been a I've seen them before a, a couple times uh, easily, so if not a lot more. But I haven't seen them in a long time, so I was excited to jump back in, especially after just watching The Hobbit. I've never actually watched the series after watching The Hobbit, so it's going to be kind of nice to kind of see how that kind of changes my perspective of some of the stuff. So it was. Yeah. Really excited to kind of watch them. Definitely. Nice. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Nabil? I know you've seen them too. So, Well, we saw them together. Yeah. So for the first time that they actually came out on, on Blu-ray, Blu-ray, I believe we say, both yeah. watched them together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- that was the last time I think that I've actually seen them until now, uh, the extended cuts. And 
yeah, I enjoyed them. I thought, I honestly think that this is really the way that these movies are meant to be watched. You know, and you'll see as we kind of go through and talk about it in more details. But I just enjoy from a storytelling storytelling perspective. These feel like you just get more. It feels more complete from start to finish. So I, I, I enjoyed going through it again and, and um, being able to experience this uh, independently, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it, it's been probably what, 10 years. Last time I saw them, too. So uh, they recently came out in 4K a year ago, I think, or a year before that. I think it's last year. Yeah, a year ago. Yeah, yeah, so this is, you know, a new way to see it as well. I've never seen them in 4K with all the all the goodies. If you have the right setup, like we said, even for the Hobbit trilogy, these are the best ways to watch them as of right now. So it's kind of nice to get a really clean version of all these films. So Until that 8K version comes out in 10 years. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Regardless, though, for the... Uh, I Yeah, I was looking forward to doing it just because, uh, just like Mikey, I've never seen... Um, I've never gone back-to-back with the Hobbit films and Lord of the Rings, so... It, Kind of made it as one whole story, which was kind of cool. So, yeah. Uh, without further ado, then, guys, that was just our kind of our hit, uh, how we kind of felt about it. Uh, just like the Hobbit trilogy, we are going to do um, spoilers for these, all three of these, just so that you guys understand, like, you know, once again, this is even older than the Hobbit trilogy. So these are, you know, you've had 21 years to do this at this point. Like, good God. So sorry for spoiling it. But if you haven't seen it already, you're doing yourself a disservice, people. Like yeah, watch seriously. the movie, and then come back and listen to the pod. Yeah. So if you like, you've been interested in the recent Rings of Power show, you know, like, hey, check it out after this. It's pretty. They are on HBO Max, not the 4K editions, but yeah, they know, are on there. Better than nothing. Yeah, they are on there. So that is a nice way to, if you have a subscription to it already, so we'll check it out. So let's jump right into the first film in the trilogy: The Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Ring. The world is changed. And some things that should not have been forgotten were lost. But the Ring of Power has a will of its own. Evil is stirring in Mordor. The ring has awoken. Sauron needs only this ring to cover all the lands of darkness. What must I do? The ring must be destroyed. Cast back into the fires of Mount Doom. I know what hunts you. They're coming. They will find the ring and kill the one who carries it. You have my sword. My bow. And my axe. You carry the fate of his all, little one. This task was appointed to you, and if you do not find a way, no one will. Let us hope that our presence may go unnoticed. So this film, um, once again, like we said before in our Hobbit um, podcast, the Rotten Tomatoes scores are not based on the extended cuts. They are only based on the theatrical cuts. But this film has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. This was released on December 19, 2001. The theatrical cut, and just like uh, the extended cuts for The Hobbit, they are released about a year later. So extended cut of this film was released on November 12, 2002 for home video release. And the description of this one is a meek hobbit from the Shire and eight companions set out on a journey to destroy the powerful One Ring and save Middle-earth from the Dark Lord Sauron. This is directed by Peter Jackson, who also directed The Lovely Bones in 2009. And most recently, he's done two documentaries, They Shall Not Grow Old in 2018 and The Beatles Get Back in 2021. This is written by Fran Walsh, who also did The Hobbit Trilogy and more more recently The Mortal Engines in 2018. 
as well as written by Philippa Boyens and Peter Jackson. They all have the same writing credits. All three of them have always written movies together. So, And uh, sorry, this should actually say this is based on the Lord of the Rings trilogy by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, the extended cut for this one is actually 30 minutes longer, by the way, than the theatrical cut. So it's super long. And this stars is a pretty big cast here. But um, just like the previous pod, we will only go over new characters with the um, subsequent films. Elijah Wood is Frodo Baggins. Ian McKellen is Gandalf the Grey. Viggo Mortensen is Aragorn. Sean Austin is Samwise Gamgee. Sean Bean is Boromir. Billy Boyd is Peregrine Took, or Pippin. Dominic Monaghan is Mary Doc Brandybuck, or Mary. John's Rise Davis is Gimli. Orlando Bloom is Legolas Greenleaf. Liv Tyler is Arwen. Kate Blanchett is Galadriel. Christopher Lee is Saruman the White. Hugo Weaving is Elrond. Ian Holm is Bilbo Baggins. And Andy Serkis is Gollum. So, I'm going to start here with uh, you, Nibble. What did you think of this movie? And we'll jump into it as well. Did you think with the extended cut, I know you have a list of what's been added here. And did you think this was better or worse for the film? Uh, but I think it was not better or not worse. The It was good to see a little bit more context of the story setup. But this film specifically of the trilogy is the one that lasts a bit. It does a lot more of the building. So there's a lot more just narration of the story and building up the characters and introductions so everything moves a little slower here there is action there that's entertaining sprinkled in throughout the movie of course but adding on these extra scenes with extended cut kind of does the same thing all it's doing is adding more context so i don't feel like it's hurting it in a sense but it is adding on to it's not adding anything more to to make it i guess more exciting in that sense so i i did enjoy the film but i still feel from what we've seen through all this stuff it's it's for me not the strongest of of the three films makes sense uh what about you mikey as our guest here what did you think of the extended cut of the fellowship of the ring and did you think that this the additional scenes and extended scenes added to it for the better or for worse? Uh, well, I don't think they add to the movie itself, but it adds to the trilogy as a whole. Um, they're really just like character building. Um, like you really get to know a little bit more about Oregon and, and some small stuff with like Frodo and Sam. And, and there's just like small scenes that you don't really need to know to make the movie work. But um, you appreciate them more when you watch the second and third film um, and you kind of pull them all together. So I think as a trilogy, if you're going to watch all three, the extended versions do really add a lot of content. If you're just watching one movie in an isolated event, they're not really going to do too much for you. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what about you, Marco? First time watching the extended cut, did you... Um, I got to ask, did you notice it was longer? Did you notice the new scenes without us calling them out? I feel like you're, you're probably a little more reversed in Fellowship of the Ring. Kind of. Uh, they were the, the extended scenes weren't noticeable because of the fact that I, despite not watching the extended cuts ever, ever really, I had seen these movies a lot. Uh, I saw them in theaters multiple times because I was a huge fan. And um, <clears throat> I got to tell you, man, it's uh, and I, I even said this through through text. It's it's night and day for these movies, and it, it, I hate to compare them to you know the, the Hobbit movies, but I mean we're, we're doing both the series. 
even though this movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, is a slower-paced movie compared to the other two in the series, as Nabil was stating, it, it is, like, just fucking epic. It, it, it is a masterpiece. It, it is incredible. The camera shots, the uh, the characters... I, I think the uh, I agree with Mikey with the extended scenes. Yeah, they don't really add more to the story, but they add more to the character building. And with nine main characters, I think it helps to flesh them out more and really does add more of a payoff to their bondage, to their journey from movie one all the way to movie three. And I think because of that, it, it does it a lot better than the Hobbit movies, in my opinion. And it, it, I was just smiling cheek to cheek the entire time watching this movie because again I hold these movies very dear I think they're epic they're I've said it already they're masterpieces and I I enjoy the character building I like that Peter Jackson took his time in the first one to really let us get to know these characters their motives what they're about uh specifically you know one thing with uh I I I believe it was Baromir I think that the extended scenes helped him in in this movie a lot because you know, originally he kind of just seems like a like an asshole, but you you see more of him not just in this movie, but you know, in 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 other installments, and I think it it helps further see the 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 tragedies that some of these characters go through. Man, I don't know. This shit was really fucking slow. I don't remember it being so slow, and I've seen this movie plenty of times. I've seen the Santa cuts multiple times too, but I guess I don't know, man. Just for me, I don't think like don't get me wrong, movie's good. 4K it shows a little age. I'm not going to lie. It's 21 years old. And I have a theory at the end of this all that I'm going to throw at you guys. I think you guys will like it. Darker story, obviously. I'm a big fan of the books. I, n- I didn't ask you guys. Sorry. I-, I didn't realize. Did any of you guys read the books either? I'm assuming Mark, you probably did. No, I'm probably gonna say yeah, anything. I read them a long time ago. I have not seen them. Or read them, I mean. You know to the answer to the question you're going to yeah, ask. Sorry, James. Sorry, you, can just, you can go back to your hole. Sorry. <laughs> He's like books. What He's are, slithering back what, in. What are, what are these what books? Are books uh? For the yeah. most part, it's okay. This is. I, I used to really like the Fellowship of the Ring. Like I'm looking over. I got like a Fellowship of the Ring medallion on my wall over here too. It's fucking weird. Had it, I've had it for 20 years. It's fucking insane. It's the Elven. He's, all, he's also Elven got thing. one of the rings on. Yeah. It's it's not on his fingers though. Definitely not. <laughs> but really slow build up. And and for me, truth be told. I don't think it's a good way to start these films if you've never seen them to watch the extended cut. I tried watching these with my nieces and nephews and they fell asleep like 20 minutes in. So I was like, okay, this is probably not for them. So I think it's... The first two minutes are really epic though. Like when he's just like laying the background story. Like that's yeah, pretty epic that's cool. And then it just gets super slow after yeah. that for like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah they don't leave they don't leave the goddamn shout. They don't get to Rivendell for an hour and 15 minutes I think or something like that. Yeah, it's basically agree. from the beginning. Well, sorry, Margo. It's That's it's fine. when they leave the Shire. There's not a lot that really happens that should have happened until after they leave Rivendell. Then it gets a little. I bit don't more even exciting. think anything really happens until they hit the Mines Moria. To tell you the truth, in my opinion, I agree yeah. with you there, James. That because uh, I was funny. I was thinking about this too. That if you were to introduce someone to the series, I then would not. You, you show should that definitely do the theatrical yes. ones. And if they and then if they show like an interest and love for it, it's like, hey, there's a longer yeah, version. Yeah, you can go back one day when you have twelve yeah. hours of your time and you go kill these out. Exactly. Anyway, but um in defense of the Hobbit, like I feel like the Hobbit I had more fun watching overall. This is probably gonna hint for the rest of the trilogy for you guys for me at least. This one it felt like a chore, if that makes sense. 
Like I was slogging through these fucking things. That's interesting. I felt the opposite. Yeah. Same. I liked it a little I, more I cheerfulness, just, I, I guess, is what I'm getting at. But this one I, I felt. No. I was like, hmm. I like that greediness. Which is fine. I mean, yeah. I, I think a lot. But here's what I think, too. I think in our lifetime, these movies will be remade. They are not. The Lord of the Rings? Really? Yes. We got what? We got probably, these, we got these probably 50 remade. years left, right? Give or I, take. Give or take. I'm willing to take a water bet on that. I think I want to take a bet on it. I believe, I almost guarantee these movies will be updated one day. That's interesting. Okay. I'd never think that they would. There's have been. a lot missing if, if for the book win, too. If you win in the middle of winter, you get to throw water balloons. No, no, at in me. the middle of winter, if, you could come to my I house win. and you could fucking kill me. <laughs> <laughs> you are Just allowed to like, snuff me out in front of my significant other children. We're making children. a fucking life pact right yeah, now. Yeah, we're making a life pact right now. You are allowed to break in, no questions asked, shoot me in the face, and nobody says a word. You walk right out. I have no, a feeling these movies. October tenth. These movies will be twenty seventy two because the. If it's not remade by then. Because it's been 20 years already, and I, for me personally, I, I noticed, just jumping into some stuff, like, some of the some of the CG's a little rough. A lot of it is, actually, well, in my opinion. Well, I do agree with you, right? Like, I, I, I talked to you a little bit about it yeah. beforehand, uh, but I do agree, like, some of this stuff is dated, but the rest of the movie and everything else about it is on point. The music is perfect. The cinematography is perfect. I don't agree with the way they shoot everything, but I think the music the, is the nice. way they shoot everything with like physical means. Like they built three Hobbiton places so they could like shoot it in different ways and looks consistent yep. about stuff. It'll never be shot that way ever again. And I don't know how you could remake these movies and not try you to can't. do one up them. You can't you one can. up them. There's no way to do with, that with the, the the practical the practical effects added so much realism to it and added more weight to it. Than just glossy CGI all all the time. Yeah, they, they do have CGI on it, but he used a lot of like practical effects and a lot of like extras to to make it more impactful. Yeah, and that's just something you just don't see, with the exception of few directors that do that. And I don't think the studios would take that route for 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 this. And the the Hobbit series is case in point right there. They used I mean, a lot of we CG. got half a century. We'll, Looks we'll good. figure this out. But I I almost guarantee I am correct. I am so. I, fucking I agree. They'll, get, they'll probably get remade. But I think yes. they're they I think are they'll be more true to the classics. Too, tell you truth. Yeah, I could take Quebec as a series though. I feel like if anything, it would come yes. back as a series. Kind of like if Ring of Power does really well, that they might turn it into a series, which I could see. But as a full feature length film, I feel like these are we got, we got these, five decades, at boys. least for a while. Five decades, they can hold on to it. I mean, yeah. everything gets remade eventually, five. right? How many Batman that, films have we had in the last thirty years? You know? To me, it's years, like saying it will be remade. Guaranteed. To me, it's like saying like. I don't know Harry Potter or that will be remade Star Wars as well. will get remade. That will be. Re- I, I guarantee don't think Harry Potter will be remade. I'm making. I think I'm it making will, a bold. I don't think it'll be in our today, lifetime. Boys. I think it will be in our lifetime. At least my lifetime. I don't know. I mean, I'm. I'm planning. Right, I'll, I'll, I'll take the water bet on the yes, freaking thank uh, you. Lord of the Rings. And then if I'm wrong, I think. But it's got to be. T- it's got to be a movie, not TV show. TV show doesn't count. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay. Because All I right. also think that I, I this was the during bill. a time when they didn't do two parters either for movies, and like a lot of these movies should have been probably like part one, part two, because they squish a lot in. Yeah. And um, that's why I feel like the Bills route. I think a TV show would let it breathe more too. Who knows? But once but, again, fifty years from yeah. now, I don't know we're gonna, how we're going to watch movies. Maybe we'll be in the movie. Who knows? Trippy oh, kings. I, mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know this demon you technology right you're talking about, about here. It a lot. It's been keeping me up at night. I just want to. I just want to take a bold stance 
And I'm just letting you know, like, yes, it's great. I don't think the cinematography is perfect, by the way, Mikey. There's a few shots that are pretty sus for me. James yeah, sent me a text last night at three like, in the morning. They didn't have the stuff we had. They didn't have like drones to like make the camera shots. They had to like hook these things to cables. You're just, and, like, you're just fueling the fire for that remake. Thank, keep it coming, Mikey. You know, <laughs> no, they don't have that stuff there. Drone shots for the new one, gotta, okay. It's still got a look to it, though. You know what I'm saying? Like it's that way for a reason, and I don't see those scenes doing it a different way. Like the, the scene where Arwen is being way. chased by the Nazgul, and the camera is like shooting her from above, and she's on that on that horse. Like that is just that shot alone right there. I think I like, don't think sets, it looks like, good. I don't think that shot looks. I good. I think it does, dude. Like and by she's the way, that's like not in the, that that's whole not scene book, today would, would be done. I I know, but I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff in the Hobbit that isn't in the book. Um, I mean, f for that, like, I'm just saying that would be done like, in, in CGI my, or, or my a green screen or, or, or a blue screen. The new one would be closer to the book, so this scene wouldn't even be in there. That's what I'm getting right, at. but that that shot alone, I think, it's just the fact that they made it with you know on a real location. They use green real screen horse, on that shot, though. You know, that shot is so green screen. It's with the water. Not all of it. That water looks bad. No, no, no. When she's running in the field, that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. leading into like, it. But then when she gets yeah. to it, and the the water yeah. comes in, that's all green screen. That's what I'm saying. No, I don't yeah. think well, looks... I'm talking about that one shot though, of, like that aerial view. Yeah, like, no, no, that no, would have no. even that would have been CG. Even that would have been CG today. Yes, but but this did, is why I just wanted you know real horsey. Yeah, which is fine, which is fine. But once again, I'm just making this stance. I think this will be remade. This whole trilogy. God, I'm gonna go off. Water balloons. I'm gonna go off. It's in the next winter, five winter time. years. I'm gonna be like, oh, I should have played the lotto that week. So, on our, on our deathbeds. Yeah, we're all like 80 ish. Nabil's like, text me. He's like, we're sending a guy. I go, fuck, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Someone's coming. He's part for of me. a secret chat room that 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 gave him the heads up. Hey, these are gonna get remade, by the way. Don't tell nobody. <laughs> Just with the trend of shit is what I'm getting at. I think these, especially with the property. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Considering I'm saying. that Amazon Prime came with the Ring of, Rings of Power and Warner Brothers did not capitalize again on what they have so far, I can see Warner Brothers making some kind of play for it, saying we need to do something else with this franchise, since they still own all the rights for the the main books. Or the yeah, two they'll do the Silmarian. Yeah. That's kind of what the Rings, what the Rings of Power is, is doing. Because they have all the yeah, rights yeah, they have yeah. Amazon has the rights for the Silmarillion. Yeah. Yeah. why they can't use certain characters but anyways back to this that's just my crazy theory just wanted like i said i just want to stir shit up because i know a lot of people listening will some will agree with you guys some will agree with me let's look at these characters then uh mikey what did you think i i, I mean there's a lot of main characters here but obviously one of the main ones is obviously frodo baggins bilbo's cousin actually which is strange but elijah wood what did you think of elijah wood in this one uh, I think he did pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, he like the almost the whole movie. I mean, without spoilers, I guess. Or no, you can do spoilers, spoilers, but you can say. It. Yeah, no, I, it's just like uh, I mean, at the very beginning of the movie, he gets a ring, and that ring is like an invisible force that's like kind of pulling him down the whole movie, uh, and all the movies, to be honest. And uh, you know, he does a good job, kind of like progressing how well it's like affecting him or how much it's affecting him. Uh, and you can kind of see it on him, and he's kind of different than Bilbo when he had, you know, his journey and he got the ring, and uh, he kind of it affects him a different way, or it's similar, but it's still its own little way, right? So it's he had his way about him, and his storyline of the Hobbit kind of uh, progressed in a different way as this one does. He's almost like doesn't want to leave his house, 
And then he finally does. And then he kind of gets confidence throughout. And I feel like Elijah Wood does the opposite way. Like, he's kind of confident. He, like, you know, Gandalf tells him to go. So he's like, okay, let's just go ahead and do this shit. And then he kind of realizes, like, halfway through, like, man, I really want to go home now. I, I, you know, he kind of does the opposite of what Bilbo did. And you can kind of tell that, like, when they're in Rivendell, that, like, he's just like, I'm done. I'm, I did my part. I'm going to go home. And he has to make that hard decision to kind of continue doing his journey. So I just think he portrayed those different feelings and, like, uh, the, you know, how the weight of the whole ring and uh, his decision making. He just did a good job. No, that's great. That's great, Mikey. I just want to touch on that as well with um, Marco. What did you think of um, Elijah Wood as Frodo Baggins? Uh, I agree with Mikey that uh, Elijah Wood did a, a good job with his performance, and he's a talented actor, you know, obviously. And I, I, I also feel though that he was at the same time kind of fleshing the character out and getting used to it. You can kind of tell in some scenes he's still kind of getting used to the the Frodo persona, uh, and I feel like that actually gets better. Uh, throughout the series in the second and third movies like it, it, he just feels more comfortable with the character but he, he does a really good job at, at um, portraying this this hobbit that you know has read about his cousin well he calls him his uncle but I mean I call my older cousin's uncle too um, about his adventures and and what it would have been like and Gandalf you know you know, tells him these stories and stuff as well too. And so now he's off on this great adventure. And like Mikey's saying, he's excited and stuff at first. And then he, he realizes he bit off more than he could chew and he has to continue and, and take on this burden even more because he is, you know, a hobbit. They're brave. They want to do what's good and what's right. And and he really uh, does a great job at, at, at portraying that. And it, it's, it gets you really into the character and it's it's hard like not to like him and, and want to root for him, which uh, not to say that it wasn't the same for, for Bilbo. I think like, man, if you get a young Bilbo, and a young Frodo, I feel like they would have just had great chemistry on, on screen. But um, that is one thing that I do think both series got right is their their main character was very well casted in in, in each franchise. Uh, also, just to kind of touch on what Marco just said, because uh, he said he kind of gets into the character a little bit more. Uh, I don't know if people know, but like all three of these movies were shot at the same time. Yeah. So they spent like years just going through it. And a lot of people might not know shot that. for like a year and then they came back for reshoots. Yeah. Too. Uh, Nabil, I want to ask you then, moving along here, what about the Fellowship? We could do it a uh, quite the cast here and it's kind of a notable cast. You know, a lot of these people were young actors at the time and went off and I guess did shit on Lost and stuff like that or something like that. But um, some of them yeah, did. Some yes. of, now I think about it, I'm like, mm, actually, maybe not. Maybe Sean Beam. Uh, maybe he held them. And then I like Elizabeth Town. Some grew old. Yeah, I like Elizabeth Town with Uh What did you think about the the Fellowship though? I think it's casted really well. I mean, from from an actor perspective, it's. I can't picture anybody else in the role at this point. Uh, I don't know if that's just more because this is all I've known, but I feel like these are really good fits for the characters it's trying to portray, That's as, as it's been written at least. I think from uh, an overall fellowship and from a character perspective, the dynamics between each character isn't, isn't as strong in this film, and it's because they're new. Um, really until you get into the next few films especially like boromir you know he seems to be more 
really out of pocket compared to everybody else and he's just there out of pride obviously that's his whole persona you know for for the fact that he's just being there for gondor but the the only person in the fellowship that i really felt was uh outside of the the hobbits that i really felt were like really fleshed out fully for me like really i, I went with it was aragorn you know Viggo mortensen himself like he was the one i was like okay he i could believe he's there down for the whole thing start to finish everybody else even i know everybody likes gimli and legolas but i don't feel that that those characters really were themselves until after the fellowship felt disbanded at the end of the film and they went their own way then you know you really kind of start believing what's going on there but i think everybody else really didn't fit what was going on that little motley crew it was really aragorn and then the hobbits were there for hobbit's sake you know because they're all friends and family and whatever else it is yeah so. that makes sense i always have an issue with two of the mary and pippin are so fucking interchangeable for me they are Dude, it took me for I'm not gonna it lie. takes me I've so long to movie, remember the names as we go through it so many times i still can't by the third movie i can't tell who's who still i'm like i don't fucking remember who the fuck stayed behind and who didn't i'm just gonna be completely honest it looks so similar too it's weird that they do because they, they, don't, in real they life. don't when you see them outside no, in of real it. Life, yeah, they're but, very different. Like, okay. One went to. But they look Mar- very similar. Mary's the one that says Buckleberry Fairy. Yes, sir. One went to Lost and one didn't. So, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no. The Fellowship's great. I think they have a lot of. like. I agree with Nabil, though. They, they have a much better. I mean, which is part of the character development. So, you don't learn too much about them early on. And I think the scene where they all kind of band together and then you realize. Um, that they, you know, they're all on a quest here. And it's, once again, Mikey, just rolling back to last uh, last pod, it's just like a big-ass Dungeons & Dragons fucking quest, man. Like, And I mean, my axe. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, I mean, this is basically where everything started off, right? I mean, everything kind of branches off this series of books and mm-hmm. movies, right? So it's like, it makes sense that it feels that way because that's what everything's based off of. But for the most part, I really, I, I always liked Legolas a lot too, man. Just as a heads up, like, I remember when I saw this as a kid, and they hadn't really showed a lot of, like, archery kind of shit, and I was like, this guy's kind of a beast. I actually, I didn't notice uh, that, uh, like, Legolas and Gimli, like, they don't have a lot of character development. They're still cool characters. They're almost comedic relief in the other two movies. Yeah, they're they're almost like side characters, just there for, like, the spectacle and, like, the comic relief. It's something just as a heads up. In the book, too, they're... Most of they're they're outside of Frodo and Aragorn. They don't really touch a lot on the other characters either. Truth be told, you don't learn. You learn mm-hmm. a little bit about them, like through their conversations you, about like dwarven women and stuff you, like that. You do see, like you that. do see in the movies though. Their their bonds slowly grow more and more. They get more defensive and more protective of each other yeah, versus got, how they were <laughs> initially. Yeah. Were yeah, and, and, and I kind of you know <laughs> I, I kind of like that though, man. Quote, dude, I was like, ooh. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but I, I I like how it it shows how this this ragtag group that of nine individuals that were all like volunteering to do this mission and you know begrudgingly like none of them wanted to fucking do it until a little dude stepped up and they're all like I can't let this little dude just fucking do it and then eventually they all like become like yeah you don't know much more about the characters but you see that they start to really care for one another and it comes to full like full circle at, at at the very end like they're all willing to fucking die for each other and i i like that i like that payoff i'd say you really so, don't learn a lot you, about legolas like at all 
He's he's literally no, the most no. mysterious. Yeah. So, it's the green leaf. Should you learn more about him in the Hobbit <laughs> than you do in? in I always feel like they might honest. have done that on purpose then, because he's such a popular character, kind of like a Boba Fett character in this kind of trilogy. Where yeah. you're like, I don't just know, flesh he fucking, him out just more. fucking kills people, you know? And like, oh, he has a dad. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know that he's a prince. What? So. <laughs> Mikey, with just you, just to wrap it up before our ratings, uh, any notable scenes? Because we already talked about everything else, pretty much. Anything stood out to you? Any of the extended scenes? Did you like a lot? Uh, I really liked the uh, the Nar- the Nazgul people. Like when they're they they kind of like hit up the hobbits in one of the scenes, and like yeah. Frodo puts the ring on, and they're like the Nazgul are still on the other side, the other realm that they go to where they put the ring on. That seems pretty cool because like you see the Shadow Knights in the daytime or in our realm, I guess. And then you see the like the white ghosty figures and the other ones. I thought that that was kind of cool. Their true forms, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I thought that scene kind of stuck out to me a little bit. I like the I said it before here, but I like the opening two minutes where they're just kind of setting the story for everything. I just think they did a really good job of portraying a lot of information in a really short amount of time, uh, and they really put like Sauron on like a like he's a badass character even though you don't really see him the rest of the trilogy but like you kind of put the evil out there yeah saying it's really bad and it shows like the ring has like a mind of its own yeah which is kind of weird to say that a ring is like a presence almost so uh those kind of things kind of kind of stuck out to me a little bit yeah definitely uh what about you Nabil? i really like the the scene inside the um uh, forgive me because i don't know the name but when they're inside the mountain mines of moria mines of moria yeah it's just that whole battle scene just just from the get-go when you're going like that to me is where you see a lot of that bond and character development from like Gimli being sad and stri- you know can I, woefully can I say stricken. One thing that just... is a little off with that one with me is that yeah. uh, Mikey texted me about it. Like Mikey, I have an answer to this finally. By the way, Gimli seems very unsure of um, like Moria, right? Like he's like, oh yeah, my my cousin's here and he's gonna welcome us. Like, well, sh- shouldn't he know right. about this shit, right? So that part was actually changed for the movie. So in in the book, like Gimli knows they haven't talked to anybody from Mori in a long time. So he, one of the reasons why he joins the fellowship is to kind of find out what happened to everybody too. Just as a heads up. That's interesting to know because yeah. it makes it seem like he just spoke to them when it seems like yeah. obviously the 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 Balrog thing was there the whole yeah. time and it it taken them out a while, a while ago. ago too by the way so that's why yeah it's like, like they're all skulls and bones over there so it's not like it was a recent thing because yeah, mikey had texted me he's like this is so fucking strange that gimli's like so unaware of like what's going on with the door yeah. and politics yeah. and shit and i was like i mean he's like happy to go there he's like yeah let's go let's we'll drink with my brothers kind of thing you know because well, like, he's a prince too right so he should yeah, know the relations of uh, what's going on there right so, but like that whole the whole segment from start to finish, from when they enter the mountain to when they get out of it, like there's a lot that happens. So that's like a good chunk of just the excitement of this film, and it it kind of from a little bit of comic relief to Mary being an idiot, and I just I love hearing um, I love hearing Gandalf just call him an idiot so many times and i've caught it so many times throughout the, the whole film yeah just a fool of a took i think that's hilarious that he just gets annoyed with it but um yeah that whole that whole scene it really throughout, throughout the whole movie is is really good i've always enjoyed seeing that and the music too i really just love this music every time i hear it i get nostalgic I, the whole fantasy vibe kind of comes in with this kind of music so i love the score uh what is it howard shore mm-hmm I'll take your word for it. Damn, boy, you're the one that loves it. I, I agree me? with. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree with Mikey and and uh, Nabil on on those on 
the scenes they talked about. The the intro where they're going over the history and Sauron and, and the rings of power, like uh really epic scene. And I really, really enjoy the Minds of Moria. That that scene with the orcs coming and it's it's really terrifying at first. It's like the first time you really like see the orcs in I guess present time, you know, and not like in previous history. And they're they're whooping and wailing and they sound fucking terrifying. And they are. As soon as you see them break through the fucking door, the amount of tension that Peter Jackson put into that scene, it just works. You know, you see you sense the real danger. And that's kind of the contrast I feel between the two trilogies as far as showing tension versus not, you know, just showing an action piece. And the whole time they're being swarmed and they're fighting tooth and nail and the orcs can actually like can actually fight back and wound them. And I think it's just like a really cool, like just action sequence of them, like being just completely overwhelmed. So that scene really stuck out for me. Yeah. I like, they added, uh, I mean, a lot of people forget the Limba scene is not in the theatrical cut. They just show up in the second, third movie plot hole. is plot hole as fuck. Just to let everybody know. It's just there. I always remember as a kid, cause I had read it and it's like a bigger deal in the books. I was like, what the fuck? Why didn't they bring up the fucking bread? And then it's in the second movie. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so like the end of this yeah, scene, bread. That it, that the first movie ends when Frodo decides to leave, literally. Like, Bormer doesn't die until the two towers. So that, But they added that part, like, just so, like, because it works better as a movie. Head on to the tension. Yeah, it works yeah. better as a movie. That's my favorite scene is where Bormer dies. It keeps up the tradition of Sean Beam not surviving any films, though. <laughs> it does. I remember right. when it I saw it, um, I saw it in a full-packed theater back in 2001. Um, when Sean Bean got shot once, I remember somebody, everybody like gasps. But I, I already read, I had read the first book already. I was working on halfway through the second, so I was like, okay. I was like, oh shit, they added this right because I thought it was gonna end already. And then I remember somebody in the theater was like, guy, he'll be fine. And then he got shot through in time. He's like, never mind. He's like, fuck, this guy's just getting caved. <laughs> but our, our, I remember our theater went wild when Aragorn shows up and just starts whooping that other. Uh, the Yurikai going fucking, after him. Yeah, he's just beasting mm-hmm. him, and then he beheads his ass. I was like, Jesus Christ! And the, my theater was like clapping back then. I remember that to this day. So that's probably my favorite scene. It's a really cool sh- scene. Just showing Aragorn. By the way, I talked to Mikey. Is so op, overpowered for yeah. You he's not. eighty-seven Dude, years old, man. He is so overpowered. Like nothing can stop this guy. I was telling Mikey in in terms of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign. This is that cocky fuck that plays with you and is always saying shit like, no, my guy can do that. Like, no, he can't. You go to roll 20 then and he hits it every fucking time. You're like, fucking asshole. Even though everything you throw <laughs> at him, every he's time, like, bro. I'll do a strength check right now. And he rolls it perfect 20. You're like, what the fuck? Do it again. And he does it every time. You're like, he can't be stopped. He's level 100. Because um, he's just like, man, he's just fighting off hella people, dude. It doesn't matter where they're going, dude. So let's get into ratings here so we can move on to our next film. Uh, I were going to start with you, Marco. What do, uh, what do you rate the Lord of the Rings of Fellowship of the Ring? Extended cut. I give it four and a half stars. Uh, what about you, Namil? I give this a four stars. Okay. And Mikey? Yeah, I kind of echo what uh, Nabil said. It's really slow in the beginning, so uh, you know it kind of takes some time to pick up. But once it does, it's still entertaining enough to get, uh, you know, to be a good movie. I liked it a lot still. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Four. Uh, for me, I still give this one to four stars, see? All right, so uh, before we move on to our next movie in the trilogy, take a second here to listen to an ad from one of our sponsors. Let's stop here for a moment to let you all know about Newsly. 
Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. It picks up the most trending articles on the web on topics you choose at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or heck, even the Kardashians. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They even have digital radio. Did we mention they also have podcasts from over 80 countries? Well, they do. And guess what? The Movie Pals podcast is there, too. I started using Newsly as my default podcast player, and I can't think of ever going back. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly.me or from the link in our description. And make sure to use our promo code TMPALS, that's T-M-P-A-L-S, to receive a one-month free premium subscription. Newsly, stop scrolling and start listening. All right, so the second film in the trilogy is The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. As we said before, with the Rotten Tomato score, this one is sitting at 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. The description of this one is, While Frodo and Sam edge closer to Mordor with the help of the shifty golem, the divided fellowship makes a stand against Sauron's new ally, Saruman, and its hordes of Isengard. The theatrical cut was released on December 18, 2002, and the extended cut was released on November 18, 2003. This extended cut, compared to the theatrical version, is 44 minutes longer. And as I said, uh, we're going to just introduce new characters here. John Rice davis who also plays Gimli, also voices Treebeard. I don't know if you guys ever noticed they have the same exact voice. Bernard Hill is Theoden. Miranda Otto is Eowyn. David Wenham is Faramir. Brad Dourif. Chucky himself is Grima Wormtongue. Carl Urbane is Aomir. Eow- uh, and Craig Parker is Halder. So I just want to start with you guys on this one, just like we did before. Mikey, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, what did you think of the two towers and did the extended cut? As you like viewers won't know or listeners won't know, but we do have a list of what was added here or extended. Uh, did this make it better or worse for you? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this movie is kind of like a middle of a big movie, uh, you know, because it just kind of takes what happened in the first movie and facilitates it into the third movie. So it's kind of just like a middle storyline and you can kind of feel that a little bit. Uh, throughout the movie so it's you know there's uh kind of that there there's not really endings and beginnings to things there's just middle stuff uh but i do really like what they do with golem i mean he's full mocap which was like not done in that time in this movie so pretty cool to kind of see it for the first time although if we kind of talked about it a little bit already but like seeing this in 4k you can kind of see some flaws and it could be really kind of cleaned up a little bit uh but the huge battle scene i think it's uh helms deep is uh this one here uh, it's done really well. Uh, you know, they kind of do the overarching thing, and then they also like zoom in on like the fellowship characters to kind of keep you interested and invested in the in the battle that they're doing. Yeah. Um, as far as extended cut scenes, I think there's a few of them that are really well done, uh, like the Boromir stuff. I think Marco kind of talked about it on the last movie. Uh, it really kind of gives you like a background of him and like why he's like the way he is in the first film, because you really don't know just watching the regular movies, like why he's like he is. So just seeing that background, how his father treats him and his brother uh, kind of gives you like a kind of a background of why he's like that. And maybe how he didn't really want to be that way, but he, you know, he is because of how 
that scene yeah, kind of works definitely. out. Yeah, it fleshes so, them out a little bit more, too, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nabil, what about you? Yeah, I think that the scenes actually added more to this movie. There's just more context of the characters, especially with Saruman and his motives, the way he kind of gets in, gets on the bad side of the Ents, which we, we didn't really know exactly what it was. It was just kind of a scene where it's like, oh, he cut down our trees and he should have known better, but there is more meaning behind it now, so understanding why he went that route, uh, just understanding more about Fielden and his son and that relationship. Like, There's just more context for these new characters and the characters we didn't get to spend a lot of time with in the first film that were these secondary characters fleshed out a lot more, which I enjoyed. And just from the film perspective overall, Helm's Deep is by far one of my favorite battle scenes of like any film. I <laughs> frequently have gone back and just rewatched that scene many times. And this this film, especially with with the, all the added context as well, though it starts it does start a bit slow because it picks up right after the Fellowship of the Ring, so it still has a little bit of that slowness in the beginning. I think once you kind of uh, get past a little bit of welcome you back into the to the world uh, that you start really seeing a different different pace in the film like everybody's got their own story there's a lot of excitement in most characters except for mary and pippin but there's never really anything going on with them to be honest <laughs> but everybody else it gets pretty exciting uh, and for me this is actually my favorite film of the trilogy overall so I I really enjoyed uh, what what the extended cut added to it, and uh, just from the trilogy perspective, what this film really has. I don't feel like it's just a general middle middle film of a tr- of a trilogy. Yeah, awesome. Uh, what about you, Marco? Kind of the same of what Mikey and Nabil were saying. I, I I really enjoyed this one too. It's it's the you know obviously it's the middle chapter. It's the Empire Strikes Back of the series. You know you, you start to see what the real stakes are. You start to see the enemy like really, really like start to show like their hand and they're gathering their forces and getting ready to really show, you know, the, the good guys that this is what we're going to do to you. And Saruman uh, grabbing all his allies and, you know, growing his forces. I, I think it really shows like the real threat. It's like you have. Sauron the main bad the main bad but then he has this like powerful wizard who's gathering up an army on a, on another other front of the war I think it it really shows what the the what the good guys are up against I I do agree yeah that it does start off you know kind of slow because it's it's continuing right from fellowship but I think all the movies really start off slow in the series cuz they're more you know they're they're like that they're more story they're more world building and then the the action comes after that after you've been invested with the with the characters or where the story's going then it really shows the stakes of where things are the helm's deep battle i agree with nabil fucking epic again practical effects man and real extras dude it just really as as much as some cgi set pieces look good in 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 this modern age not all of them look great it's kind of good to see you know kind of a mixture of both and have it work really well. I think J- Jackson did a great job at that, and it, it shows the the investment and the thought process of these films and in, in wanting to make them feel as as epic as powerful. And yeah, this battle isn't as big as as the final one, Return of the King, but still, man, like it's it's awesome. There's tension. There's there's stakes. People fucking die. 
it's just it's awesome it's cool like this the sword fighting is just you know incredible and um kind of uh what mikey was saying about Gollum and his introduction you you do sort of I guess at first, when I first saw this movie, I didn't really like Gollum. He was just so fucking annoying. And I just kind of hated him. But revisiting these movies and seeing, like, how tragic, like, his character is, where it's just, it, you really show, it, the movie really shows, like, the power of this ring and how it corrupts you and how it really sucks, literally sucks the life out of you. And it's essentially what it did to to Gollum. And it's just... It's kind of sad that, you know, that happened to that character and you see what could happen to Frodo should he fail and should he not accomplish his mission. And I I think that it, it you know, it, it it's kind of a little different for me this time around. So, uh, yeah, it's the second movie. So, I mean, I, I thought it was super fucking long again. Sorry, guys. Just every fucking movie is just way too fucking long, especially these extended cuts. Um, I, I do like what they add in this one. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think it's it's cool that you finally find out that Aragorn is you know super old and shit like that. Like that scene too, and um, kind of the subplot with King Theoden's son. Like he's not in the theatrical cut at all, so you don't see any of those scenes. It either kind of adds to the you know why he's doing what he's doing. And um, but yeah, I like the scenes. Some of the 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 battle. I, I I used to like that one a lot. I guess too. I don't know if anybody here played the PlayStation Two or Xbox. Two, a two towers game but that game was fucking awesome yeah. so yeah and the you know battle of the helms deep was a big deal and um they do practical effects there's a lot of cg in there too to recreate the army i remember that was a big deal at the time so you get this once again not a, the scale not as big as um the return of the king but it's a, it's a massive scale battle still it's the first time you know kind of holding back against saruman's army and such like that i i will say what there's always some things in this film that like rub me the wrong way like I don't think they ever explain why Gandalf becomes Gandalf the White too well. Truth be told, for any casual fan, I think you just kind of think it happens. Like, okay, cool. But um, I, it's a good, it's a great movie. There's a lot of shit going on. There's a lot of, um, it's a lot of setup though. I, I'll agree with you guys on that. It's a lot of, uh, I don't think it's quite Empire Strikes Back because it doesn't end on a bad note. It ends on a pretty good note, you know. But yeah, we do finally uplifting. get. Golem in this one, and Mikey's right. In 4K, you can definitely tell he's a mo-captured person. I like that. Uh, I forgot the Faramir stuff was in this one too. By the way, I forgot that it leads into this one into the next film. But I, I do love that extended scene showing Boromir in the beginning, and it it, it breaks it down. I, I I also thought that was in Return of the King for some reason. I didn't realize it was in. Two I did too. I did too. When I saw it, I was like, "That's I thought weird. that was in the beginning of the Return of the King." I was like, "Did they?" I thought pretty much this? all that Ga- that uh, Gondor stuff was Same pretty here. much in Return I of the King. I thought it was in Return no. of the King, but then I forgot this was like to explain things. Like, oh, okay, so yeah. that you know where Faramir is coming from, and he thinks he's doing the right thing. And um, it's weird because I'm mixing the books up too. Because in the book too, like the Shelob scene is in Two Towers, not Return of the King. So they 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 switch up a lot with the Golem Frodo Sam stuff, but I do like the continued. You know, like Frodo's like, hey, we kind of have to trust this weird looking freak with his loincloth. And um, Sam's like, you know, Sam's super racist. That's all. Just want to tell you guys that. Sam's the only one that's making any sense in this whole film. I don't know what you're talking about. This guy has we the only one with his head him. on straight. I can't trust <laughs> Sam. Sam actually get like he starts to be real clutch in this one, man. And he starts to really like be like the voice of fucking reason. 
and you can he's Rudy I, yeah. at first I didn't yeah. see it either until like watching it this time around I'm like god damn Sam's a little fucking badass low key oh you never knows that yeah he's uh he's got a uh, S- Sam the Brave he's got a um, he's got he's got something going for Frodo there something so is it weird that he's his gardener too? Just the whole time, I I, I forgot that that's exactly what his relationship <laughs> with him is. It it's not family. He's just his gardener. You might even say he's like um like his pool boy, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean kind of. These guys look well, at each other. Kinda. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lip biting too in this one. I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but <laughs> they're friendly. You know, they're just really good friends. Yeah, they're really good friends. They're those kind yeah. of friends. It's you and me, James. We're just down the in the mountains, you know. We just form that kind of bond. That's what we're like to one of those us. friends where you're at a party and like, where'd James and Nabil go? Like, oh, I don't know, actually. Where did they go? You don't see them for an hour and a half. They come back and their clothes are on backwards. And you're like, what happened? Very, yeah, I got very that vibe close too. friends. But um, yeah, the battle scenes are cool. Helm's Deep is awesome. Kimley. I'm going to say one other thing, too. I can never get over when they do the body doubles. As you guys know, like hobbits and dwarves are supposed to be way shorter. It's so noticeable. They don't, when do, you see the they kids don't do a good job. Or whatever they are. I don't know if they're kids or small people. They're, but... they're little people, just to let you know. Are they? So uh, <laughs> they use them in those shots, especially certain ones. But uh, Gimli's guy so funny. is a little bit taller, but it's super noticeable. Because as you guys know, John's Rice Davies, um, you know, Shala Wright from fucking Indiana Jones himself. Indiana Jones. Uh, yep. Is a pretty big guy. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when they Pro- go to that Professor guy, Arturo I'm... from Sliders, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll I mean, yes, there. he's also from Sliders. No, there. that's yeah. yeah. Thank you, Nabil. Thank <laughs> you. I was like, thank you. I just was gonna say yes. I, but, I feel uh, seen, Nabil. They always I feel show seen. like a. Ba- it's always like a back shot, though. A back shot or a sh- longer shot away, and you could tell it's always been noticeable. Even when I was a kid, I was like, oh, that's definitely not them because that guy doesn't look like. That. I know what this fucking guy looks like. He's like my fucking size, so. Even at the age of fucking twelve or whatever, I was a bigger boy. So, um, moving on, what did you think then, Nabil? So Frodo as a character, going back to Frodo then, with um Sam and you know their buddy Gollum, what do you think of Frodo as a character? Is he developing now more? Is he kind of regretting his decision? What did you think? I Frodo for me gets progressively annoying throughout the film up until like the last part of the last film most of this is really just for me it's it's really about sam helping push things along because frodo's just like doubting himself he's he's just unsure of what he's doing he knows he needs to keep going forward but he's always just like i was telling james like he's got the weirdest smirk on his face when he's happy he's always he's so expressive in his faces and when he's sad and it's just like it bothers me i I like elijah wood but i just feel like as as frodo as a character at least being portrayed here he just seems for a man who's taking on all this burden for himself he sure as hell is gonna let he likes to let you know that he's doing it you know trying to humble himself and he's like this is my responsibility we get it we know he's supposed to be be like 50 yeah (laughs) so So just keep going wow so it's he, he goes on the journey like right before his 50th birthday in the books but also yeah, because the, the age it's a long time in between that time right yeah yeah i told you guys it's 17 years from the time bilbo disappears to when frodo gets the ring and then yeah. it's six months to get to rivendell and spend four months there then it's another seven or eight months to destroy the ring or so maybe, or maybe yeah. not. so i mean from a character perspective i think frodo is 
he the the weight and the gravity of the whole carrying the ring is getting to him. He's starting to see the seriousness of it, and interacting with Gollum maybe humbles him a bit, seeing that this is what I could become, kind of like what Mike was mentioning earlier. He almost that that is kind of over there. You know, he does. Yeah. So I and I think he kind of sees himself in that sense. Yeah, but he's he's heard the stories from Bilbo, so he knows. Right. He knows who he knows about Gollum. And then he hears it from Gandalf too, as a reminder, you know, not to not to pity him in a sense. It's crazy because in the oh god, I keep saying the books, but whatever. In the books, Aragorn and Gandalf capture Golem, and they're the reason why they find out about the ring, right? And then they just let him go because they pitied him. And then he kind of brings that up in this movie. He does, yeah. Yeah, he's like, oh, pity is what led to a lot of these bad things happening, blah blah. So it's like, okay, well, fuck you too, Gandalf. Um, <laughs> what about you, Mikey? What more along the lines is like too dangerous to pity him. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Sometimes, Mikey. What do you think about Frodo though, and, and Sam and Golem and their love triangle? Uh, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, everybody's already kind of touched on a little bit, ring, but right? I, yeah. I really feel like uh, you know Sam and Frodo are looking at this guy as like if they don't complete their journey, this is what Frodo's going to turn into, basically, right? He's like, I can't fuck and... with these loincloths, baby. <laughs> yeah, so it's like they're kind of seeing like a, a long term version of him, and they're just. I don't know. I feel like they're scared a little bit about what it is. And then, you know, Frodo's kind of feeling the weight of the ring a little bit more in this one. You can kind of tell it's starting to affect him a little bit more. So, but they really don't have a choice either to, I don't think anybody's really kind of said that. Like, they really don't know where they're going. Like, even from the beginning, like, he, and we didn't even talk about it here, but he asked Gandalf, like, which direction he needs to go when they're, like, leaving the city. He's like, is it left or right? So he literally has no idea how to get to where he's going. So they really don't have another choice to like follow somebody else or like figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. They have to like use this person or use Golem uh, in order to get to where they're going to. And I don't know. I don't think Sam realizes that as a whole. He is like the person that's like kind of thinking straight, but also they have no choice. They have no other way to get to where they're going. So I don't think he really kind of puts that perspective on things. And I don't think they. It really makes sense actually because in the books Sam is kind of. Written kind of simple-minded. Does that make sense? And Frodo sense, is yeah. a bit more of the thinker, and I think he sees the potential. Well, yeah, it makes sense that Sam wants to just be like, fuck him, let's just kill this guy. But Frodo's like, we have to use him to get through the swamps and the mountains and the more. Yeah, I took it general. more as in he he knew that, you know, Gollum obviously is the only one that can get them there. Because he's, he's already been like, there. Is, is the risk worth the reward type of mm-hmm. thing, you know? Like, yeah, yeah I understand you... you Frodo, you have to believe that you can come back from this bullshit. But I, I mean, you—he's ha- stronger will. I think Sam knows that Frodo's stronger will than Gollum, and he doesn't really. Gollum's just too far gone, and therefore way too dangerous. Because even if you try, like you even see it in later in the next movie, like they—they they try and they try, and he's just Gollum's just gone. The ring is just completely like taken over him. Yeah. So. Split them into two, but mm-hmm. echoing Mikey though, it is true they do need a guide though, and he's the only guy because no orc or goblin or whatever is going to fucking show him. Like, yeah, let me show you the back door, mm-hmm. right? Um, Marco. Then question on the rest of the fellowship. They are divided at this point, so we have Barry and Pippin out there with the Ents, and then Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas are with uh, the Riders of Rohan. What did you think about that? dynamic of them kind of being all split up and doing their own little thing and did any of them kind of stick out for you like a story that you like were you looking forward to more of a storyline or a different divergence from the storyline itself uh, compared to other ones 
I I like that. I like that they were divided. I know originally seeing the movie, I, I didn't really like it because I liked the fellowship. I wanted them to stick together, obviously, and yeah. get to know each other more and fight together. But obviously, you know that that make could make for a boring story. And sometimes that does happen, you know, even in TV shows or in other movies where the characters are just, you know, together all the time. It doesn't really add for much drama or dynamic. And so I like the fact that they're, you know, split up and on their own, you know, separate adventures. It also kind of shows like how things are in Middle Earth at the time. Everyone is split and divided. And that's how Sauron can easily like defeat them is his his armies are united. And the good guys aren't. They're all split off. And I feel like it's it's a metaphor for that. I really like Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, obviously, because they get into, you know, the majority of the action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secondly, I like Bilbo and Sam primarily because they're, Frodo? you know, they're, Fro- oh, yeah, Frodo. Yeah, I'm sorry. doing it now. I'm calling, I'm calling him Bilbo now. But uh, Frodo and, and Sam... Because, you know, it's the main character and it's the main objective. So you want to see, like, how far they are in the progression. Yeah. yeah. Merry and Pippin, I feel, is probably, like, the, the, the weakest, weakest part. Yeah. It's it's cool. You know, it's nice. They they, they find Treebeard and the Ents and stuff. But at, at the same time, it's like, okay, okay let's, you know, let's, let's get back to the It's definitely for me stuff. where it slows down a lot every time. Not to mention the tree, the tree Ents talk so fucking slow. Yeah. Even as a kid, I didn't like that. I'm like, fucking spit it out. But I get it. That's what yeah. they are. They're trees. They have all the time in the world, and they they almost have, they basically are tricked into fighting for the cause. When once again, exactly. I don't know. Was it Pippin or Mary? I don't know. F- flip a coin. It's one of them that says some shit to him, like go toward the smoke or some shit. Right? I think it was Mary, but they, it does have a payoff because they do gain like some new allies that help them against Saruman, but. Overall, it's like it's not as good as the Aragorn, Legolas, or, or no, Gimli. definitely. You start to you start to see them kind of bond more, you know, especially with keeping track of their kills and saying, you know, oh, I killed three or I killed ten, you know, and it's it's pretty cool mm-hmm. to kind of see that. I like when they get to um, uh, Rohan and uh, the, you know they they start to you know interact with the people there, and I, they. The extended scene of uh, learning the Aragorn is in his fucking eighties. Like I, I never knew he was that old. Like I knew he was a bit older, but yeah. I didn't know he was that fucking old. He's been <laughs> and, around. That's um, why in the, even in the Hobbit, they're like, there's a ranger going around. His name's Strider or something. Yeah, like that. And, and that scene made more sense now. When I was like, oh, that's what they meant in the Hobbit. I was like, was, Mark was, was like, what is he fucking five? No, yeah, I was <laughs> like, old is this fucking guy? He's fucking up, but there, uh, fighting crime and shit. <laughs> uh but it was cool it was nice to uh also see um what's his name butcher from uh the boys carl Rain in in carl urban in this i kept yeah. expecting him to talk in a cockney accent and just be like you boys are looking for a team up or something like that you know so um those were definitely my favorite scenes um i do yeah. want to say also Real quick, just the beginning of this movie. I never got to say this, but uh, that opening shot of like the Misty Mountains and shit, and hearing Gandalf like echoing his words from the previous movie and finding the Balrog, such a freaking good fucking shot. Just want to say, looks fucking epic, especially in 4K. Just want to say that. Nice. Um, I mean, looking at scenes then before you rate it, uh, Mark already went over his. Uh, Nabil, did anything uh, stand out for you? Scene-wise? I like I was saying before, like Helm's Deep is, is still my favorite. That Just that it. whole sequence is is still really well. And 
like you were saying, James, I know that part of it is CGI just because of the scale of it. But yeah. a lot of the just just that the setting of the scene from the tension building up, seeing them at your door, then having the the wood elves come in to help, and then the rain comes down and it's at night, and like every single thing kind of adds on to more. And then when they start going through it, you don't know who's going to live and who's going to die, and it's just everything gets intense. And then even at the when they're coming out to the other side and King Theoden is is like basically ready to give up everything and of course because Aragorn can, feels like he can defeat anybody no matter what because yeah, he's, he's OP. invincible he's OP, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's, OP. he's like nobody no, we're just gonna go head on by the way I'm gonna tell yeah. you right now I was like this guy just keeps uh, going he just fucking drowned in a river almost and then came out of it only like half a day's journey and was yeah, ready to no, fight a full-on no, uh, invasion not a drop of Gatorade either I was like, nope wow, not nope a drop. got his wounds healed he's all good to go you know he's putting like, chainmail on he's like all right <laughs> I mean, that's like 30, 40 pounds. I'm like, I mean, okay. <laughs> but I think that scene is, is really well done. Honestly, I, I, like you were saying, James, that whole scene where they're, I don't remember the city that's right out of Gondor, but that whole scene is, is actually really nicely done too with the Nazgul coming and attacking and fighting all the orcs over there. Like, that's a pretty interesting uh I again thought it was more in the Return of the King, but seeing it here, I forgot that I did enjoy that too. That was that was a, a good scene to see Boromir on there fighting the battle yeah, and kind yeah. of giving up his his giving up the the Hobbit to let him that he, go like free. He, I think that scene's important too because it shows that he was always on Faramir's side and he was trying to give yeah. him credit, even though you know their father, you know, heavily favored Boromir over Faramir. So it's like okay, and it, it's, it, I think that scene is really good for the rest of the movies. The third movie too, it helps. It, it really establishes that relationship, and then you can kind of see, yeah. like you said, it, it it's a good payoff for what happens in the next film. Yeah. And uh, Mikey, what about you? Anything stand out for you? Anything you didn't like? Maybe. Um, as far as what I did like, that uh, where Frodo almost kills Sam is really like impactful. I thought, like he like holds a, uh, like a sword up to his neck, and Sam's like, "Hey, it's me." You know, I used to have a poster that Sam. that's shot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really nice. I mean, like, I mean, he obviously doesn't kill him. Right. And, uh, you know, so, and then Sam's like, he's like, I can't do this anymore. And Sam's like, I know. And then he like kind of inspires him to kind of keep moving on, but it kind of shows (laughs) like the weight of the, of the ring and how it's affecting him finally. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it kind of just builds on that relationship too. It's just a really good scene in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, their friendship is definitely one of the things to watch out for. It's love, James. Yeah, no, yeah. Scene wise, I um I don't know if anything sticks out for me in the two towers uh, that you guys haven't talked about already. Truth be told, because I mean Helm's Deep is obviously shot where the range is coming down there, just like standing there, like getting ready to fight shit. Pretty intense, but like I said, it's a, it's a lot. Of, I, I like Gandalf coming down the hill, you know, when you, with the light. That's pretty shows cool. Shows it with the Riders yeah. of Rohan, and then they just the fucking orcs and Yurik I are like, what? What's going on? You know, and they come crashing. Wizards down. always arrive when they're meant to be. Yeah. So let's go rating wise, guys. Let's start it out with you, Marco. Uh, what would you rate the two towers? Extend the cut. Five stars. I really like it. More action, uh, it, more story building. Really shows the fucking stakes of things. And yeah, five stars, man. Five from Marco. What about you, Mikey? Uh, four and a half. So I, I liked it a lot. Uh, while I did kind of say I didn't, you know, it's kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. it still has really good scenes, still has really good storyline development. So I liked it a lot. Nice. And what about you, Nabil? 
also four and a half. Uh, again, it's a startup. It's pretty slow, and the end scenes are also a little slow, though they're important. Uh, the film itself has a lot of great pivotal moments in it, but there are just uh, bits and pieces that are just just slowing the pace down a bit. Gotcha. Uh, I give this one four stars. Let's move on to the last film in the trilogy, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Every day, Frodo moves closer to Mordor. Do we know that? What does your heart tell you? Come, Master. Come, Dismeal. It is time. The crownless again shall be king. Become who you are born to be. I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails. When we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. Whatever happens, stay with me. This day we fight! All we have to decide is what to do with the time that is given to us. They will follow you into battle. You have given us hope. So for this one, this is sitting at a 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. The description of this one is Gandalf and Aragorn lead the world of men against Sauron's army to draw his gaze from Frodo and Sam as they approach Mount Doom with the One Ring. The theatrical cut of this one was released on December 17, 2003, with the extended cut releasing on December 14, 2004. This extended cut is 51 minutes longer than the theatrical cut. Not a lot of new um, characters in this one, but the biggest ones are going to be John Noble as Denethor, Steward of Gondor, Lawrence McCory as the Witch King of Agmar, and Bruce Spence as the Mouth of Sauron. So uh, I'm going to start with Marco this time. Since everybody got their first go, Marco's turn. It's, it's his turn now. So, Marco, what did you think of this movie? And um, did the extended cut and the scenes add anything better for or worse for you? I've always really liked The Return of the King in the series. It's always been probably my favorite one. I mean, I think it's like a really great finale to the franchise and to the movies and to the conclusion of these characters. And yeah, I think that the extended version actually did add quite a bit. For one, it has a payoff for the death of Saruman. Like, spoiler, if you haven't seen this fucking movie or if you haven't stopped listening to us. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Um, yeah. It's, I, ne- I never really noticed that we never found out what the fuck happened to him. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. So is, I, I like yeah. that he fucking died. I, I wish that, uh, again, I wish it was the good guys who would have, like, you know, killed him. But I, I get it from Gandalf's point of view. There's already been enough death already. It's like, dude, like, how how much more do you need? How much more blood do you need? And I take it Tolkien uh, probably got that from, you know, his years in the war and seeing all that death and shit, which is what inspired him to write these books. But um, that scene, for one, um, because it's like... It, it, you know, it's very obvious that there should have been like a payoff for that, but there wasn't. Uh, yeah, weird, I think right? one one touching scene that uh, definitely got to me was when um, when uh, Elmer finding his uh, his sister on the battlefield and he's just like fucking screaming bloody murder. I was like, oh shit, that's a new scene. Uh, that scene just really was really you know touching because you know siblings and stuff and. A large battle just happened. You don't know who's alive or who's dead. So um, I kind of like that. I, f- I felt it just kind of 
added a little bit more to what we saw of their relationship, if any. But, um, yeah, and also the scenes with um, Bar- Baromir. Like, I know the last movie had had some and stuff, but it, it was nice to kind of see, like, where where he was coming from and, and, and how his father was just such a fucking piece of shit and was the reason why, you know, Baromir was conflicted in the first movie in the first place and it almost leads to his brother dying so it's kind of nice getting a little bit more of a backstory on on that so yeah um felt like that worked for me uh nice what about you Nabil? this film has battles it has spiders it has ghosts it has fucking eagles all right it's got it's got everything in this film this film is great i think it's Adds a, a lot to everything that you've watched in the series, and Bill, it just it has shoves it in a here. spider, not spider. It has a spider. Don't get everybody Sorry. all hyped. But there's more than one big ass spider. One, one, spider. one big ass spider, which is enough to fill in your need of uh, any no, kind spider. of uh, spider. <laughs> like it's. It's a great film. It's got a lot going for it. And the love story even on the side with between, you know, will they, won't they, Aragorn and Eowyn, you know, (laughs) that that love story. But there's also the love story of Frodo and Sam. I know we're going to go there, too. It's way more intense here, although they do break up a little bit in in the middle of the film. It's kind of sad. But, hey, they get back together. The Lembas. The fucking Lembas, guys. (laughs) The Lembas. Once again, if if you never saw the extended of the first one, you'd be like, where'd they get this bread from? It's just there. Why are they so attached? <laughs> Why are they so angry bread? about it? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, lover scorned. He, he finds a new boo. He says, sorry, old boo. I need the new one. You know, kind of thing. He upgraded. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that he thought it was an upgrade. <laughs> that's what he thought. Hmm. Um, the loincloth, bro. No. I think, it's, I think it's a great film. Like, for the whole thing, it's a good way to cap it off. Like, we were talking about Empire Strikes Back in the last film. Like, this is, this is the... It's not my favorite film of the series, but it is the best film of the series by far. Like there's so there's just so much for everybody to enjoy. Uh, what about you, Mikey? Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of echo what the other two have said already here. Uh, but I mean, I just feel like this one really does like like almost perfectly cap off the storylines that we've started. Uh, it has like what four endings, I think it is, but they yeah, need to kind of it goes a know, while. It, it, it's yeah. turned into a meme. Yeah, but I mean, it's kind of needed, right? I mean, it wraps it up. You need to like kind of see what happens, or you at least I wanted to see what would happen on some of these things here. So it's kind of nice to have those different endings and kind of uh, kind of go through and see what happened in those different scenes here. I will say this movie's like like everybody's on a real low of their life at this point. Like uh, like the battle scenes, like uh, Aragon and Theoden, they're they're like. They're not like normal like leaders like saying charge to the battle kind of thing. Theoden's like almost like giving up saying, "Hey, we're about to go die." Like so everything's kind of grim on this one here. Oh, uh, you give Aragorn so... a new sword and he's revived suddenly. He's all good to go, so you know, he's always ready. <laughs> it's like this is your granddaddy sword. Yeah, but it's like everybody's on a super low. I mean, like Sam is basically Sam and uh like you already saw the breakup, right? But like even after they get back together, like Sam and Frodo are like falling over, like exhausted. Almost. You guys, dying. um, I gotta ask. So. Um, you saw the lips, right? You guys think of me. <laughs> the chapel. You know, the the ring does a lot I, of I strange things to everybody. Thank you, James. 
yeah. dude, those lips. The first thing I thought of was like, I hope the boys see this. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need the Vaseline. Yeah, you're going to need some heavy. You're going to have to fucking wad that shit on. You need that fucking beeswax one, man. They're really thick ones. Dude, I'm talking, and it's got to be layered. Like, you know there's shit on his lips. Like, it has to stay on. It's, it's medicated. So, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, no, I was basically done. They just have really low lows, and uh, they yeah. have to like kind of rise to the occasion here. And it's kind of needed to get to the endings that we that we saw. So that's great. Yeah. I like the movie a lot. There's some cool scenes in this one, too. Uh, Extended-wise, I like how, um, yeah, the Saruman one, although I don't like how they do it, because this scene's not in the book either. By the way, the whole... I'm just going to do it, because I fucking did it on all three already. The way that this is supposed to end is like when they go back to the Shire, Saruman's at the Shire, and it's taking over the Shire, by the way. I would love for the remake that comes out in 35 years for them to show that scene. So that'd be kind of cool, right? <laughs> like properly show it. And then it shows that how the hobbits have grown and like they handle it themselves. They're like we got to kill this fucker. So um, they also don't do a good job of fucking like telling like it's been like, oh, I guess he says it's been three years right at the end. Because Yeah, the they, they do tell you how long it's taken, basically. Yeah, so it's three it. years at the end from the time that they get back. And that's why like Sam's married and all that shit. But um, I like the scene, too, where. I, I don't know if I included it on here. I might have missed it, but where Gandalf fights the um, the Witch King and it shows him destroying his staff and um, yeah, that was cool. That's ex- in the I didn't even remember cut. that until we saw it. No, I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those ones, and then he kind of flies off and he sees everyone else coming. Um, the mouth of Sauron thing is kind of creepy. Big old mouth, like he's not. <laughs> That's the creepiest creature. Holy yeah, shit. Like, hi guys. Of this whole film, <laughs> we killed Frodo, and then, and then fucking everyone just <laughs> chops his head off. Which is cool. Uh, the one scene I don't like, though, is the Eowyn Faramir thing, because there's no hint of them ever liking each other. As they opposed, just look and the, smile. In the book, like, they know each other a lot better. It's like they know each other. This one is just like, hey, let's hold hands at the end. I was like, ooh, <laughs> this, this reminds like me of the Hobbit fucking one, right? uh, Hobbit fucking romance, dude. Yeah. I was like, ooh, we don't need this at all. Yeah. And, like, I understood why they probably didn't include this in the, thea- in the theatrical cut, because I was like, this is forced as shit. But I guess it's just to kind of be like, hey. Happy ending for these two fucking miserable people. She's not alone. Don't worry. Yeah, look, she found somebody. She's got that guy. Look, they're friends. Doesn't he look like a ranger? So, but no, I like this movie a lot. There's a lot of fucking great Airborne moments light. in this film. There's a lot of... The elephants, guys. The elephants. Yeah, I will say the elephants has probably the roughest CG in this whole film. <laughs> it is. Especially every time, every time they do... Because that was... It reminds me of The Matrix. The scenes where Legolas is like jumping around... It's all CG. Oh, when it comes off the trunk, that, that whole thing Those is are always bad. like, man. Going through then, with the overall journey is where I want to touch on with you first, Mikey, then. On this, what did you think, then, of the overall journey that Sam and Frodo took, and even the other members of the Fellowship? Well, I kind of alluded to it already here with, like, how everybody's kind of hitting a low. You really get the... She's just uh, depressed, the is that what you're saying? Okay. <laughs> Fucking really egos came too late again. Always right. Those, I mean, it's too much mana, man. It takes too long to cast them. <laughs> and I like, sorry, and did Gandalf you guys call us the, uh, three upgrade, movies but... ago? Sorry. <laughs> no, but you can really feel like the weight of the ring this time. Like, it, I mean, it shows Frodo with his shirt off, right? And it's like all like whoa, bruised whoa, up, whoa. like where his. Oh, okay. Sorry, I didn't know. Where you, is. I didn't know. Where you, okay, sorry. <laughs> I, I questioned which version of this movie you saw. There, there is a version Marco told me about that is not very appropriate for children. So, so yeah. Anyways, you can. uh you can kind of see just like how much it's affecting him, not only like emotionally and, uh, you know, mentally, physically, too, uh, yeah. but also physically he's getting hurt from this thing here. So um, also it's kind of cool that like he's at the like the end of the journey and he's can't drop the ring himself. 
Like he's sitting mm-hmm. there like hanging it over and he's like can't force himself like to a, let it go. Um, just like a sealed door, basically. Right, yeah, exactly. So it took like an accident almost to make make the ring just, you know, kind of go away. So it's just like you see the the impact that everything's had uh overall so and then uh, obviously we already talked about the four different uh finales there so they kind of wrap up everything kind of <laughs> kind of good but yeah. uh yeah it's just you can really see the impact of everything and how it's affecting everybody yeah uh what about you Nabil? like what did you think about the overall journey of all, all the people but i kind of combine it here and did anything stand out for you with the main characters or did you like where they all ended up by the end I did. I did. I liked how everybody's story kind of really came came to fruition, especially with um, there, there. Well, let me just say for Gimli and Legolas, all that really happened there was that their friendship kind of tightened up a bit more. <laughs> Not much else happened from an arc. But I think like Legolas and Gimli, their characters, they didn't really have much of an arc per se. It was just those two budding friendship and growing in there, which was just fine. But I think from like a real character growth, Aragorn really embraced obviously the whole the title of the film return of the king like he took that on and really led the charge throughout the rest of the film uh frodo and sam obviously both of them kind of lived up to where frodo was being strong from the beginning and kind of was failing at the end sam kind of filled that role and i mean literally carried him on his back to get up to the mountain i think honestly of of the whole film, the scene at the very end where Frodo is hanging off the, the edge of the uh, mountain into the lava, and Sam is trying to pull him up, and he looks at him and, says, and he in slow motion saying, don't you let go? Like, that 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 hit me right there, like, that whole effort, and you let go, like, what if he did? And that was it, you know, like, all that for nothing because you gave up at the end, like, for him to then double down, take your right, and kind of come up and reach out for his hand, like, that right there was a tell of, like, the whole film, they were battling against odds and fought through it, and it felt like that kind of came to the full full circle there for, for that those two characters of him finally kind of overcoming it all so uh just i think the growth of the characters overall it was it was a really good cap for each one of their respective journeys yeah uh what about you marco kind of the same of what mikey and nabil were saying i'm just gonna hop on their nuts real quick excuse me let me dust them off hold on i did i enjoyed it yeah i i think that the character arcs pay off pretty well obviously frodo and sam have have the biggest arcs of them all there they obviously had to carry the burden of of the ring but going really back to legolas and gimli i i still thought thought it was cool that especially i think it helped watching the hobbit first and seeing just how fucking racist legolas was for him to just be willing to put his life on the line for a dwarf who he like felt disgusted about in the hobbit movies <clears throat> to, to call him his friend you know it's like it's a fucking shitty line it's it's cheesy as fuck but it has much more of a payoff, I think, because and this is why I think I I enjoyed watching the Hobbits first before this. It gives that line much more of a payoff, and you're like, damn, you know, he really, you know, turned around and shit. He's gonna fucking die for his fucking boy, dude. And it's not the first time he'd done it too. He was willing to take his life, you know, or give his life before. Aragorn also, obviously, like Nabil said, he you know takes the crown, but just the 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 very fact that he is so after everything he's seen he's so humbled and and he sees his his hobbit friends and knows that even though you know he was him and and the rest of the armies were were fighting the physical battle 
like Frodo and Sam were fighting the mental battle of trying to, uh, you know, outmaneuver the the power of the ring and tells them, you guys bow to no one and like has everyone bow. Yeah, it's fucking cheesy and heartwarming. No, I, I but know. I'm it, gonna, it works. I, I love that scene. It's just I wish the, really, the green screen was better on that. God damn, it shows up so bad in this one now. Yeah, but man, it was just it was such a really good fucking scene, dude. Yeah, I I still love that scene. I loved it the first time I saw it, and it still has as much impact. Gandalf's still getting high as fuck, so you know uh, nothing <laughs> new. And uh, I I Frodo obviously, you know, like Mikey was saying, he has all those scars from from his journey. He's a total different person. He sees the world differently. And I I like how it showed like the trauma he suffered from enduring the ring and you know mentally fighting it. It it took a fucking toll on him. And when he says like Sam, he just doesn't see you know the Shire the same way anymore. It it fucking hits. You know it kind of shows like people who go through uh, battles and scars that we never see on the outside. You know I I like that it put that up front and said there are other ways to be scarred. There are other ways to be traumatized. It doesn't have to be like a, a a actual physical wound. Sam still is the most fucking clutch. That dude went fucking hard from being able to fight off orcs with a with a sword to killing or at least maiming the fucking spider that tried to kill Frodo. He was just an absolute fucking G, dude. The whole fucking time goes from this timid fucking dude to just being this hardcore motherfucker who would just slice anyone's throat who tried to fuck with his friend. I like when he beats this shit out of Gollum. I mean, I know it's not fucking Gollum's fault, but I mean, it's like, dude, you guys are so close and you're about ready to ruin the plan. And he just goes fucking off on him because like, it, 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 again, it's just, I, th- I think that's more akin to the power of the ring and how it corrupts people and, and chooses violence more than reason. And, I, I still like in, enjoy the fact that Sam is now more willing to like be a protector and a defender than someone who, you know, scurries away like how he was at the beginning when freaking he got caught like eavesdropping. He was just like being old bashful and shy. So that's why I like his fucking uh, his arc the best. So I got to say that when I was a kid, I did not understand that fucking ending, by the way. Where they were going. Even reading the books, I was like, I'm still a little fucking confused. Is this heaven or what the fuck is this shit, you know? No, it's just a land you go to where the land of the gods and you just kind of live the rest of your life out peacefully. But I don't think they particularly nobody do else a, is coming over there. Yeah, I don't yeah. think they particularly do a great job of building that lore It makes it that. seem like they're dying. Yeah, you know? dude, I was like, are they fucking dead? Frodo's fucking, yeah. well, he's 55, right, or something like that. So, I mean, okay. this is kind of nice. They, they all, do a they, good job in Ring of Power, though. They finally explain it. I'm like, oh, yeah. I see what they're doing now. Yeah, yeah but it's they leave a lot of it out too. Like everybody eventually goes there too from the fellowship. They're all they're all allowed to. Right. Like eventually Sam goes there too, and Gimli and Legolas go there. Everyone goes there eventually. But then Sam has hella kids, and he names all his kids after everybody in the fellowship. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's a good ending. I liked everywhere everybody sends up. This extended cut is way too fucking long though. Just to let you know, <laughs> it was like fucking four hours and something. Like good god, man, it's getting Snyder cut flashbacks in this one, man. So four hour twenty two, I think it was. Was that what it was? Fuck, man. Yeah, I think so. So and each each fucking movie has like thirty minutes of credits. Yeah, thirty. It's a dish. There's a fan credit in there. Um, uh, it takes nine minutes, I know, and then 
the credits are always long, I guess, to begin with on these fucking movies because so many people worked on these things. So let's get to ratings here. Then we'll do a um, little close up here, guys. Start with you, uh, Nabil, this time. What do you rate The Return of the King, the extended cut? I gave this uh, five stars. Okay. Mikey, what about oh. you? Uh, yeah, I also gave it five stars. Nice. Marco? Cinco, also. Five stars, man. Fucking epic. Yeah, and I also give this one five stars as well. So that is our review. Is that because of- it's finally over? He's <laughs> like, just here, just take He's it. Like, just take it. Leave it done. This, I mean, we'll get to that here. I mean, I I watch this on various ways in my car, on my phone, on my tablet. Every way he was supposed to and not supposed to see this film. He yeah, saw. It. I was like, man, every Martin Scorsese would be proud. Again, um, t- texting me at three a.m. You up? <laughs> no, bro. Jesus fucking Christ. I was outside on Marco's car just in a loincloth, and I was like, it does cover everything. He's like, Starbucks? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, guys, I want to just start out here. So, I feel like we already know where everybody started here with this, but what did you? how did you feel then watching this after, like, The Hobbit? Like, did it, did it work all together as one cohesive story? Did anything work better for you guys? I know Marco kind of touched on that a little bit already. Um, was it just way too long? Um, I want to start with you, Mikey. You're our guest here. So what did you think overall of this whole last month? Right? Yeah, it's been a month. It's been a month. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they are long. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to say that they're not. They, mm-hmm. they do feel long, too. But I feel like you can't get away without showing what they've shown. Right. So like you kind of need those slow parts in order to make the whole film feel the right way in order my in my opinion at least. Gotcha. So uh you, while they do feel long, I still enjoy them. I still like to see like the lore that they put into them, all the character development they put into them. Mm-hmm. Um and then seeing them all together, like the uh you know, the, the Hobbit movies, I like watching them first. I've never done it that way before. And there's just so many like just small little tiny things that they did right to like kind of touch on things from uh, the Lord of the Rings to the Hobbit. Like you see the trolls that, you know, Bilbo fought in the, you know, the original, you know, Hobbit trilogy. You see them here. Uh, You see like some of the dead dwarfs from that film in this one here, you know, in these movies here. So there's just a lot of callbacks to them and they really just kind of nail it as far as that part goes. And I think if I didn't have, if I hadn't watched the, you know, the Hobbit trilogy first, I'd still love these movies. They're still really good, but I appreciate them that much more seeing the, you know, the, the first three before the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So yeah, uh, great storytelling all around though. I mean, you can't, you can't beat it. Um, I kind of mentioned it at the beginning here. The first movie is I really like the production style that they had. The music is on point. So I, I really enjoyed it. So you recommend uh, this overall? overall? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, nice. they're they're long, so take take it at your own pace. If you need to kind of spread them out a little bit, do it. But uh, definitely worth watching, for sure. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Kind of agree there with Mikey, where you have more of an appreciation watching the, the full series, watching The Hobbit. And yeah, although I did struggle with The Hobbit, ironically, even though they were shorter than these, I struggled a lot less with The Lord of the Rings, and they were fucking damn near twice as long as the Hobbit movies, but it, it, I just was, I would just enjoyed it so much more. 
And I think a lot of it has to do with nostalgia and my memories of watching these movies in theaters. But uh, go, going back to what Mike, you said, yeah, I think that having the, the full spectrum, the full story really helps out. The, the the fact that you do see some of the things in, in The Lord of the Rings that were either mentioned or shown in the Hobbit movies, even though they were made after, uh, it's it's kind of cool how they're still able to to connect. And I, I do think that uh, I, I have a stronger love for The Lord of the Rings. Obviously, they're epic to me. I I, I like the cinematography in it. I, I like the, the tension building in them. I love the action set pieces in them. Uh, some of the CG obviously didn't age that well, but I mean, truthfully, between the two trilogies, the CG is almost fucking identical. So uh, overall, though, I would recommend the, the series if you are into fantasy movies or these types of movies. Probably the theatrical cuts, though, and then maybe if you're more interested or if you become like a super fan, then yeah, go check out the extended versions. But I think you'd be all right watching the theatrical versions. Thank you. Uh, what about you, Nubo? Yeah, I think that the trilogy was was a, a watching it again after a while, and it was good to be able to go through it all and have a better sense of context of what was happening. And that is because of the Hobbit trilogy and watching that beforehand and just being able to piece all that together. So I do think that watching the Hobbit trilogy first and then going into the Lord of the Rings did actually help a lot with, with the overall story. Cause I even watching the Hobbit, I still, from the last time I'd seen it, I didn't understand why uh, Gandalf was invested with getting rid of smog. And that made more sense now seeing that he got rid of the dragon because he didn't want to help Sauron have any any help from from a dragon essentially for his war and some of the other aspects of that of what was going on going into this uh, trilogy so I think that it did help a lot fitting it together do I think the extended cut is great for just anybody to start watching no if you've never really seen uh, the Lord of the Rings for whatever reason or have only dabbled in it a bit here and there, you should really watch the theatrical cut first because if if kind of like what uh, you had mentioned earlier, James, watching these fr- from from the get is going <laughs> to get people really bored. There's a, there's a lot of slow paces. There's a lot of lore being built here and it's great as an added anecdote for stuff that you didn't catch the first time or needed some filling in some some plot holes that you just understand what happened it's great for that and once you've seen the originals i think this is really the way to go to watch it every time but if you've never really seen it or only know a little bit about it this isn't going to be for everybody like you want to just see the theatrical cuts first and get into it and if you like it enough you come back for the extended cuts yeah no i agree that's um i actually would recommend if you've never seen them all, and you and you want to, and you want to, and you want to watch all six movies, I actually think Hobbit. You're okay with watching extended cuts. They're not much longer. They're only like 10, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, longer, right? it doesn't add too much more. Yeah. Like, and they actually make the movies better, in my opinion. But for the um, the Lord of the Rings cuts, I would say if you're just a casual viewer, just watch the theatrical cut first. And Nabil's right. Then if you really like it, then you know make the extended cuts your your go to. It's it was fun doing this with you guys. This was a lot of fun. I think if I was to do it again, I would probably watch the Hobbit stuff and then probably wait like two or three months until I did Lord of the Rings because it was like a lot of shit. No, it'd be for the remakes, right? Well, I mean, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll watch these again in 20 years, I guess. 25 years. Yeah, I can do that again. Yeah, got to get caught up. I got the 8K uh, 4D version where I'm inside the movie, too. So I, I like that it worked as one story. It actually did work for me. I like that a lot. It's like it's even cool. Like in Minds of Moria, that, that's Balin's tone from the fucking dwarf fucking troop, you know? And he was the guy that was giving them all a good device and one of the more likable dwarves. So this was it was cool. I just think it was really long. So I hope you guys appreciate us for uh, watching all six of these movies, you know. And I mean, it it randomly this will land on the week <laughs> for the season finale of Rings of Power. I did not even plan that, but uh, I guess everything happens for a reason, right? So <laughs> we're just nice. fucking good like that, man. Yeah, yeah we just build you different, know? right? So I mean, hey. <laughs> so I set up. So yeah, uh, that's the end of the pod. Thank you for listening for this one. Thank you for uh, your reviews, your reply backs on uh, these. These have been, you know, it seemed like a lot of people like the Hobbit episode a lot. So I, I hope everybody listening to this enjoys this one as well. Uh, Mark, will let them know how they can uh, reach us if they want to uh, go a little further. You can check us out in this realm or in Middle Earth. <laughs> At Movie Pals Pod on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Also, if you use Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, or Newsly, smash that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode. Like James was saying, share us, like us, comment, tell us what you think, what you agree with, what you didn't agree with. If you don't like these movies, just tell us. Anything just to, you know, converse with us. We'd really like that. Thank you, Marco. And for next time, actually, it's going to be episode uh, 136. We're going to be doing a special Halloween-themed episode for that one. So stay tuned. And uh, before I do let us go as well, thank you, Mikey, for joining us on these last two podcasts. You've been a great guest. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, really appreciate Mikey. You. Yeah, really appreciate you sticking this out one. This is not like an easy one to just request for anybody. Normally, you know, if we had probably ran this by... Most of our previous guests probably would have said no, so appreciate. It. I like that. We're good. Yeah, we appreciate. How you long are those films? Is that just <laughs> all three or four hours? No, that's just one of them. Oh my goodness! So, uh, thanks, Mikey. We appreciate you, and uh, you're bound to be on another episode soon. So listen out for uh, Mikey as well. Without further ado, then that's that's the end of the pod. Like you said, so uh, until next time, this is James and Marco and Nabil and Mikey. Have a great one.